and welcome back to the parent cast it's amy natasha and mary again and today we're talking about birth stories and i'll start on a positive note although maybe i'm the hormones are still in my body and telling me i think that's also the key bit is just our stories aren't even going to be particularly necessarily honest because you kind of you give birth and at the time you're like oh god and then afterwards Every day it seems easier and you end up going, oh, I sneezed and it was born. And that's <laughs> just about it. I have to say, I don't remember mine very well at all. Do you forget? Yeah, I wrote a blog post days after I gave birth, kind of explaining the whole thing without too much detail. And my other half read it and went, Amy, this is not what happened. He was like, you've forgotten about six hours in the middle. Have I? <laughs> oh, what happened in that six hours then? He was like, it wasn't fun. <laughs> so I think even yeah. literally Maybe days we need some dads on here. For what really happened. Yeah. Yeah. So when were you due, Mary? So um, June 30th and uh, she was five days late. Um, and I like to think that she was waiting for us to sort bits and pieces out. We are in a bit of a muddle. And, you know, she didn't have a car seat because um, you're not allowed to leave hospital without yeah, these days, are you? Yeah. even if you tell them I'm walking it's, yeah home. you see we got told that wasn't true oh, even if you, you're walking home apparently they have to see you leave with, with a car seat well we had a pram and that was okay but they yeah we got told that that was a myth so one big wife said oh it's a myth we'll let you leave with anything and we brought the sling and they were like no <laughs> someone go get a pram <laughs> which is probably wise because we didn't know what we were doing there's the plan and then there's also the reality so we planned to both walk to the hospital to give birth and plan to walk out and we didn't walk there or back I think the idea that I could have walked anywhere day after giving birth is probably a little bit foolish actually I did I did walk there once on the night so I how many times did you go oh <laughs> there and back well my so my waters broke um before I went into active labor so I had to go in and be checked oh. um and I've been lying awake having like I'd been having practice contractions for the past few weeks and then I was lying awake thinking, God, ooh, this feels a bit more real. And it's like a little twinge. And I thought, I'll just wait 20 minutes and see if it happens again. Ooh, it's happening again. <laughs> but by that point, it's sort of one o'clock in the morning and my husband's not impressed every time. I'd be like, ooh, it's happened again. <laughs> um, but just have some sleep then, it's fine. Um, You're just so excited when yeah. it actually starts to yeah. go, aren't you? It's just like, oh, thank God. This yeah, is something's ending. actually happening. Like, this might be over. <laughs> You're coming out. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a novelty. Um, and so I thought, I stood up, I was obviously flapping around, so I went up to get, like, a snack, I went to get a bowl of cereal, then I was back in bed, then I was like, oh, I need to go to the loo. And then at one point when I stood up, my waters just broke everywhere. And at first I was like, I definitely, have I wet myself? Or am I just like what's going on and my mother-in-law had been going on and on about how I should buy a waterproof mattress cover because what if my water's broken bed and I thought what are the chances of that happening your water's you know the chances of water's breaking before you go into active labour are very really low and then the chances of that happening in bed are really really low and she was right and that was the first thing I thought was oh she was right <laughs> how am I going to admit that so we walked across then because I wasn't particularly getting contractions it was like 2.30 in the morning got hooked up to a monitor and scanned and that kind of business um and that all seemed really exciting we we're still like yeah, we've got we've got a photo the last photo on our camera before the baby is born is of me strapped to a monitor like grinning away <laughs> thumbs up yeah and then they sent us home because she, she was all fine 
and my contractions weren't coming strongly enough and she said oh I might see you at some point tomorrow sort of midday-ish you know you'll be back in four or five hours to start active labour or maybe we'll induce you on the Saturday and I went home by the time I got home it was kind of like twinging more a twinging I call it twinging contractions um becoming heavier and stronger and I said that to my husband and he was like oh, shh, let's get some sleep let's get some sleep before this happens and again I was just lying awake and he was trying to time them he kept falling asleep and was like phone would lock I'd try and unlock the phone we'd lose track of time how what time they started what time they ended and then we ended up just going back in we got Addison Lee on the way back in we used Halo to get there and then my mum ended up driving us back because we were living in East London but we gave birth at UCL because I'd lived in yeah. King's Cross when, when I found out I was yeah. pregnant and somebody said to us, if you have a place at UCL, you don't give it up, no matter yeah. where you move. So I agree. That. we kept our place, but then it was so stressful because ours was much slower build than yours was. It started at kind of 3 a.m. And I didn't even wake him up because I thought, oh, they might just be practice ones. And, if, you know, NCT said, you need your sleep. So <laughs> I'll let him sleep. And then I kind of had my meditation stuff going in my ears on my headphones and stuff. And when his alarm went off at half six, he was like, oh... We're still here then. I said, actually, maybe you need to call work. I don't think, I think this is it. And he was like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. But then the rest of the day, we didn't end up heading to UCL till 9pm that night. Really? Wow. And he spent the whole day plotting, well, if we have to call for a cab here, that's rush hour. So we need to add in this extra amount of minutes on the journey, which means we need to leave this amount extra. Because, of course, they say you don't go to the hospital until your ex-contractions yeah. are apart. And this is also why you don't need to be a planner. Because yeah. he is. <laughs> yeah, he's so <laughs> anal. <laughs> yes. Was he t- did he time all your contractions and things yeah. as well? Successfully. The, yes, we had an app. Because, yeah, we... Yeah. <laughs> we even downloaded an app. And then at the end, he'd just go... I think we're going to add five seconds and say it started at 7.34. I don't think this is accurate. And because we'd lost track so much, we ended up... I was, we're just going to have to go back in. I don't know what's happening. I don't know where to count them from or to. We're going to be proper first-time parents and show up. And they'll be like, you're one centimetre. Go home again. Because um, well, we had the journey, we didn't have the luxury of going backwards and forwards. Uh, For us, it was kind of... You go to hospital... If it's not the right time, you've then got another forty-minute drive back. And by the t- that so time, it might be the right time. Exactly, you're going and you're going to spend the day in a cab. So it was. We got there, and I was like nearly five centimeters, and they were less than a minute apart. Yeah, I managed to get to hospital, and I was ten centimeters. Wow! So, when you got to yeah, because we'd mistimed it that badly. <laughs> I was playing oh it down. Oh my god! Yeah, and I wonder why the speed bumps felt really uncomfortable in the so taxi. You had no time for any sort of no. um, pain relief. I didn't get to take advantage of anything. Wow! I'm I surprised. I felt really shortchanged. I <laughs> was planning a water birth. I was no, planning that, a water birth. That it's, yeah, no, <laughs> you, yeah, you can't <laughs> can't plan them. And the, I even got the room with the all the other rooms have inflatable ones, and I got the room with the built-in water bath. I just looked at it. <laughs> From afar. From afar. I thought, oh, dunk. Dunk her in once she's born. I think what we probably can all agree is you can have a birth plan, but uh, you don't stick to it. I'm glad to say, if there's one thing I've learned, you can plan when you want your child. You can plan even to have a Pisces. You cannot plan um, the labour. So, like I was saying to you earlier, I um, was really lucky and really blessed when it came to my pregnancy. Had no, no back pain, nothing. I... 
you know, I loved food. I went off chocolate and sweet stuff. Oh, yeah, I did too. That was really upsetting. I've heard, actually, it's common with a boy, you crave salt and savoury, and with a girl, you crave sweet, really chocolatey stuff. I didn't crave chocolate. Yeah, no, I chocolate. Which just really upset me. I wanted chocolate. I wanted to have <laughs> that to make me feel better. And you think that's the only time you can like yeah. legitimately get away with yeah. being like? Oh, and I just got sick the whole time. I was like, I really want to be able. And no one will judge yeah. me. Yeah, like three bars yeah. by eleven a.m. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. All spice went off everything. So I remember going to this place that had like my favorite dessert, and everyone's like, "Oh, let's get it." And I was like, "Actually." don't want it and jalapeno kettle crisp were my my favorite i could get through a couple of bags a week like the tall bags um so yeah it was blissful got to you know i was walking everywhere right up until um the day he was born and he was due on the um, thursday and on the monday um i went in and we were also really lucky because we had um so we had insurance so when i had him here I had the luxury of going private, um, and I had him at the Linda Wing at, at St Mary's, and so Cause I had went. Sorry, when did you come back so to have him? To have him in um, in January. So I came back and in he was thirty-two due. weeks, and he was due first week of March. Okay. Um, so on the Monday I went in and um, I had a sweep. Um, I think it was just everyone saying to me, "Like he's due, he's due. If you're going in, just ask the doctor to you know give him a sweep. It might hurry things along." So I had the sweep, and then on the Tuesday morning at, I think, like 4.30 in the morning, I felt my waters go, but not fully. So I kind of thought, oh, my God, have I peed myself or something? Because it was just a little. And then I got up, went to the bathroom, you know, got a sanitary towel and everything, and then it went properly. They just keep going as well. You try and move. it went twice. Yeah. So luckily my bed didn't really, it wasn't really a mess because it didn't really go properly the first time. So I rushed into hospital, got there, and they just hooked me up to all the monitors. Um, so by the time I got there, it was maybe 5 a.m., and my doctor came in at 8, checked me, and said, there's absolutely nothing happening. So a bit like you, mm. no contractions, nothing. They said, just go home um, and see how you feel during the day, walk around a lot, relax, get some rest. Uh, come back in. Those this. are contradictory. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they say in, in the build up that stay active, but don't get tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what? Okay. But in this, you're not, and also you're not going to sleep. You're so excited. Yeah. You know it's happening. It's not, it's not your contractions, I'm sorry, but it's coming. Like, yeah. So I went home, I chilled out, went for a walk, walk. and then finally at about 7 30 in the evening, I went back in. So I got into the hospital for eight and at like 8.30, they induced me. Um, and I didn't realize from then how long it was going to take because from the, from the time they induced me to the time he was born, it took 24 hours. 24 hours. Yeah, and so, and I was all like, I'm going to go in and try and do this without pain relief because I think I'm superwoman. <laughs> and I went in and they were like, oh, do you want the epidural? Because again, it's different. You know, they just yeah. pay for it. So they offer it to you as yeah. soon as you get there. And everyone had said to me, you know, as soon as you get there, just take it. And I was like, well, no, I want to, f- I want to feel this, you know. Judge it before you, yeah. yeah before you get and, it and, and also, you know, there's there's so many side effects. Well, not side effects, but you know, they do say you progress slower and stuff. So I thought, let me see how long I can go. And it was six hours before I had any proper pain relief. And I would never do that again. <laughs> I think next time I go in, if there's a next time, I would get in there and within an hour be like, yeah, just. Hook it up. Yeah. I think you need to make the decision quick. As to yeah. And so I did. So first I tried to just breathe and go through the whole, like, hypnobirthing thing. Oh, I did that. So, so I don't... 
not very successfully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it helps initially, yeah. but as it gets worse, like, you just need something more. And then I tried uh, gas and air, and um, that wasn't working. So during every contraction, my entire body would shake. Like, they were coming on really quickly and really painful. Um, and then I was like, well, no, now I want to try the water birth. And, and I was lucky also because <laughs> the Linda Wing was getting renovated, and so there was no one there but me. Because, uh, like... You know, private war. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. There was no one else but me for the entire like three days. Um, and so they were three like, days. Yeah, and so they were like, "You can just do what you want." They're pretty glad it was long. Yes, and something to do. <laughs> exactly. So finally, I was like, you know, I want to try the water, but so then I got in this massive um, tub and. My midwife, she was amazing. Like, I think when you give birth, you leave your dignity at the door. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, Not something I ever thought I would do. And then within seconds, it was like, I don't give a crap. Apparently, my friend who's due next week, so at her NCT group, there's a woman who keeps saying, so when is it that you take your knickers off? Yeah. As though somehow you have this like really polite moment where you're completely dressed and formally dressed and just go, I'm just going to remove my knickers now in this private little room. (laughs) I think that was the first thing I did was they asked me to get on the bed just to check how dilated I was and I knew it must have been coming because I I took all my clothes off and they kind of looked at me a bit surprised and gave me like a the gown gown and were like there you go just we didn't ask you to take your clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> making yourself comfortable. Uh, yeah, my husband said it was a really odd thing. I just sort of it wasn't even the right room that you know we weren't in the delivery suit we were just in the like um the triage room and she said can you get on the bed and I just took my clothes off <laughs> it was really warm though and I just felt I needed to be free <laughs> at one with nature at one with nature it's the most natural thing I'm going to ever do in my life and oh, we I did the water birth um, and the hypnobirthing and everything and we showed up so after we'd been through triage and everything it was about 10pm and she was born I think it's 3.45 that morning and I it was going really well. I did gas and air because basically I was the same. I was like, no, I'm superwoman. We're doing this completely naturally. It's the way it was intended. Blah, blah. And my partner, after about half an hour, was literally like, please, at least take the gas and air. He was just like, please, because they had to fill up the bath and everything. And I was really struggling. And then basically between that, I was in the pool don't really know if I'm honest. Is that where the six hours went? This is where it starts and they don't know whether I went delirious on the gas and air or if my body just basically moved too fast and went into shock but I went from nearly five centimetres to nine in the space of a couple of hours and it just kind of I'm doolally basically and apparently they ended up I, I was saying I can't feel my face I can't feel my arms I can't feel my feet and basically just slowly lost the feeling in all of my body yeah I was going to ask don't you get because you get cold you're in water mm, the, wa- the water breath was warm okay. for me um, and they just keep topping it up I think so I mean this is this is what's hard you for me I, yeah. I, I think I was probably a bit high on gas and air and then this all started um, the midwife was saying something about yeah it's just you getting used to the pool blah, blah. and my and then I said something like oh it's the same feeling I had in the taxi because in the taxi I had started to feel like my cheeks were going numb and apparently when the midwife heard me say it's the same in the taxi she just snapped into response mode basically and was like this isn't what's happened she's had this before and my partner was like yeah 
explained everything and she just apparently took me by the arms, pulled me backwards out of the pool and into a wheelchair and said, get your stuff, we're going to labour ward. And they thought I had neurological damage. So my poor partner is like, apparently by this time he looks up and I've lost control of my head in the wheelchair and I just, he said, looked like a mental patient and he... God bless him, because apparently he didn't sit down, the midwife said, and he just held my hand the whole time. But it must have been so scary, because I don't remember mm. it. Yeah. They say that it's much harder for partners, because... And to see that happening to somebody that... You I like yeah. to think is usually quite a competent human being, you know. <laughs> but I can't imagine what it must be like to be the person looking yeah. on. I mean, it's bad enough for us, but at least, as we said... You do kind of end up forgetting it a bit. Yeah. And, yeah, with, I was talking to a friend who's a doctor, and she said, you know, it's with women, it's evolutionary. Like, your body is built to forget about it. Yeah. And that's why you have go on to have more children, because you wouldn't if you could feel and remember that pain. But mm. with, with your partner, they're not, you know, built to forget. Yeah, I don't remember it being that bad. But, the, the, it's I'm that, the but I, mine was very, very quick, so almost... Mm. I I, th- I can remember how I felt afterwards. I went in, I went more into shock afterwards, and I can remember lying there, going, like, "Oh my god, I can't feel my legs. I don't want to stand up. Like I'm trapped on the bed now, and there's just like this baby on me. <laughs> oh, we'll just stay here. It's fine." <laughs> that was more scary. I think it was they stabbed my leg with di- I think it's diamorphine in the end. Mm-hmm. Apparently, after a few hours, because they wouldn't give me the epidural. Because they were worried if they if there was something neurological, yeah, obviously you couldn't deal with the spine. So in the end, the midwife apparently just stabbed me in the leg. Was like enough of this. She needs something because I was just away with the fairies. Within ten minutes, I was back in the room and was like, "Why is the anaesthetist here? We had a birthing plan. It did not include an epidural." <laughs> and the midwife was literally like, "Who is this? She has not been here for the rest of this birth." And yeah. my partner's like, "This would be my girlfriend. This is who I was expecting." <laughs> Um, clearly nothing neurological. Did they find out what was wrong or was it just they, a... They, they, nev- they did loads of blood tests and stuff and the doctor actually said he's never seen... Um, he'd never seen such high, naturally high oxygen levels in blood. No? They don't do really they? know. They yeah. didn't know if I... Um, but if it was happening in the taxi before. Okay, so it could have been the hypnobirthing breathing. <laughs> Maybe I just hyperventilated. <laughs> but it, something went wrong. But you ended but, up having a natural birth. Yes, I did. But I had an epidural after to then have my surgery because I didn't end up actually needing full surgery, but they weren't sure what had actually gone on and stuff. So they just said, let's just take you through to surgery so that you're in the right place if when we get down there to do your stitches, it turns out you need it. Um, gave me the epidural. I fell as- asleep within seconds apparently slept for an hour and a half through the surgery it was bliss and came out and obviously then I actually was just stuck on the bed for the rest of the day and that was really hard because it was like I actually got through the birth without an epidural and I've still ended up bed bound like I couldn't even shower I didn't shower until I got home a day and a half after mm. having my daughter well at least she at least she came naturally yeah. I went into that bath and I had this amazing midwife who would hold a hot shower against my back and rub it so every time like she she was amazing she because I'd sent um, my husband and my, fam- like my family home saying you know nothing's going to happen until tomorrow morning and I'm going to need you then to go home rest and I'll be fine and they were just like, okay, if you need us, call. We're not far. But she was amazing. She held me when I need to be held. And in a way, I'm so glad that I didn't have my husband or anyone there because she was much better than they would have been. Because I didn't think anything was going to happen until the next morning. Um, and so I just thought, I'm, I'm okay. 
Uh, I guess if you'd been there for three days. Oh, no, no, so the whole thing was three days, as in going in and giving birth and everything. I see. But, um, yeah, no, so we went through, so I did the whole water thing, and, you know, nothing was happening, and finally at, like, 3 a.m., I was just like, I need, I need the epidural. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And the thing is, I hadn't even dilated, because I think... At least if you know you're heading in the right direction. And you started that. Yeah, you think, okay, you know what? I'm halfway there. I've done it for six hours. Let me just give it another two hours and see how I go. But when nothing was happening, I thought, if nothing's happening, how long more until... So they called the um, anesthesiologist. And I just remember he was like, okay, keep still. And I read all this stuff about the needle being really long and how you have to keep completely still because it's your spine. Yeah. And he was... I was terrified. He put it in... And then I went, I had a contraction. And I just remember being so scared and just, I never stayed so still because I was like, you know, it was like the silent contraction. I just, so did it in. And then um, throughout the entire next day, they just kept, you know, um, checking. And I wasn't, I wasn't dilating as fast as I should. Um, And then finally at 5 p.m. the next day, um, my OBGYN came in and she was like, you know what, Um, I really think that you're going to have a C-section. And so you can either keep going or we can take you in now while you're calm and everything and just, you know, try. And I was like, no, you know, I want to try, I want to try. And so then the head midwife, she came in and she went through this whole hypno thing, like hypnobirthing thing with me. She got me to shut my eyes and, you know, imagine a, um, a massive, like, river and all these tributaries and you know the the water gushing in and opening up and within an hour I went from 8 to 10 and so when the OBGYN came in again she was like I've never I've never seen anything like it so she was telling Sheila the head midwife she's like you've just got to do this for everyone because she (laughs) had no hope it's taken her you know I'm at that stage 20 hours to get to 8 and you got her to 10 in you know so she goes okay well you're at 10 so let's try and then we tried for an hour pushing she tried forceps um one two all of it Mm. and it wasn't happening um and then finally and, and I was in a lot of pain in places I shouldn't be you know I shouldn't be feeling pain and it was because he was um Spine to spine, yeah. He's like, she tried to turn him, and then the epidural wore off. And you know, they'd been topping it up before then, and so I wouldn't, I didn't have it topped up all the time. But when I started feeling the pain, I'd be like, okay, top it up. And every time they topped me up, I'd fall asleep. So that day just went by in such a blur. Mm -hmm. Um, And finally, I just started screaming and said, you know, get your hands out of me. She put her hands up, and she was like, I'm not touching you. And I, then I went into distress because I just, I couldn't see straight and I, it was, yeah, I didn't know what was happening. I was just in so much pain. And at that point they couldn't really give me anything. So I just, I remember them giving me a shot in the side of my belly or my hip, but I don't even remember. All I remember is they just put me onto a bed, wheeled me into, um, you know, the room and performed an emergency C-section. So it all happened so quickly but even when they give you the kind of um, you know the, an- the anesthesia stuff for, for giving um, birth they, they use like freezing cold water to t- along the side of your um, stomach to test whether you're numb so they put the water and they'd be like can you feel that can you feel that and I was like no I can't feel that but I was so scared because I could still feel all the pressure of them prepping the area mm. and all I remember I kept saying was 
um, I can't feel the water, but I can feel what they're doing because I was so scared that they were trying to do it quickly. Yeah. Because he was then going into distress and that they were just going to cut me open without me being properly, you know, under kind of thing. Uh, but they didn't. They did it. <laughs> they did it really, really well. Mm-hmm. And um, before I knew it, 15 minutes and he was out and yeah, everything, everything was fine. So, so if you had a second, would you have a C-section from the off? Yeah, and I think really, yeah, people put so much pressure on you to say that natural is the best, mm. and yeah, in, in many cases it is. But then I remember reading on Baby Center actually about girls who had um, tears all the way, you know, third degree tears, mm. how girls who had prolapse afterwards, and I think to myself, well. I didn't like the way it was all rushed, you know, being um, an emergency C-section. But I was really lucky. And in terms of the recovery, it it wasn't so bad. Like, it really it really wasn't so bad. And so, given that, yeah, I think if I had another child, I would have an elective cesarean. And just take... Yeah. Maybe it's the experience that changed me and I just couldn't go through but that. But it's true throughout. Like, there's a lot of pressure to do things naturally, like breastfeeding. You must breastfeed, you know. And... It's hard work. And people who say it's not hard work are lying. lying, yeah. And that's true of, like, so much of pregnancy, you know, everyone, people are like, oh, you say yours is good. But, you know, people (laughs) people say it's absolutely fantastic. And you can be like, no, actually, it's really hard work as birth, as is, like, breastfeeding. And there's, like, some sort of guilt thing about putting yourself first. Mm. And you mentioned that you do hypnobirthing kind of late in the day. Yeah. (laughs) Did you do anything like that, Mary? I didn't, I think I was too lazy and just too lazy to ever invest the time early enough to get into the birthing thing. And I spoke to a friend of mine who's a psychologist about it and kind of, I thought this will be the excuse. She'll tell me it's not worth it. It doesn't really work. And then I can say that that's my excuse. And she, she said it does work. So then I, I tried, I listened to a couple of bits and pieces mm. on YouTube but never really started. But I did do a lot of Pilates. Just I was doing Pilates anyway. And I carried on doing that during pregnancy. And I think I think for me that helped a lot with the breathing stuff in the mm-hmm. same way that hypnobirthing does. Because it meant that I just was a bit more used to that rhythm of breathing and thinking about it. We'd made a playlist ahead of birth to listen to. We had a playlist, but it never ever featured. <laughs> that, was the, that was the only thing I think we did use from the birth plan. Because I mainly laboured at home in the end, but only for a couple of hours and just listening to a playlist and kind of just breathing. How long was your birth from start to finish then? Um, So my waters broke at 2.30, but I wasn't in active labour, and then I gave birth by 9.30. The following morning? Morning. Wow. So so it was very, very quick. Quick. And you were Um, at home for most of the Yeah, so I was at home, which actually, in hindsight, you know, learning from experience, I think next time I I would probably have a home birth because... They only speed up, so I don't know if I'd even make it in next time. And actually, yeah. I found... I mean, you were saying your contractions slowed down when you got into hospital, and I found it was more stressful being there mm. with other... Like, women were screaming, and it's like being in some awful... You know, you see World War Two dramas, and there'll be, like, these hospital beds, and everyone's screaming, and there's, like, blood everywhere. Oh. And it felt like that, where people were, like, screaming, and this woman was like, make it stop, make it stop. And I thought, oh, my God. God, I don't want to go there. And then your body clams up. Yeah, and you think, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And you're all kind of very close together and you can hear screams from afar and it just, you see people rushing around. And I I kind of feel I was one of the screaming women (laughs) hearing it from the other side. I was uh, not quiet from what I'm told. See, I managed to be quite quiet, which I think is why they they kind of ignored me when I got in there. 
I think they thought I was because she also, you know, she'd seen me at two thirty when my waters broke, and I walked up to the desk and she went, "You again?" <laughs> and I said, like, "Um, yeah, sorry, we're back. Uh, we don't know how we're doing." She went waiting over there. We waited in the corridor until I thought I needed the toilet, and I was like, I "Really?" I said to my husband, "I really need a poo. I just have to go to the toilet." I went off to the toilet, and then it was not a poo. It was baby-shaped poo. And I was like, I could feel the head coming through. So I had to come back out, and by then the midwife had paid attention to me. It was like, you, get in that room there. Wow. So, like... Oh, my God. Yeah. Which is kind of horrific in a different way. Yeah. Because I didn't get to enjoy any of it, or... There's nothing to enjoy. Yeah, no, no. wouldn't feel that bad. (laughs) And so the whole time you were able to just sit and like wait in the corridor you weren't like I was stood up in the corridor yeah Yeah. were you in a lot of pain because I don't think I I could have been I don't think I don't think I I was in a coke like that I didn't feel it was I didn't I I mean now I can't obviously really remember I remember it feeling like I uh, there was a point at which I thought I can't go on and then I thought I needed to poo so like I thought I couldn't go on and then it happened so yeah but up until that that point point, about four or five hours before she actually came out so, so I reckon it's the time you have to do contractions for. Because I, I kind of, my, I had so, you know, it was intense, but it was only for, in total, I probably had contractions for what I got home at about four o'clock. So for about four and a half hours of contractions before I was in labour again and like pushing. I think it, I think it's all and that about, was doable. Yeah, like, that was timing. It's like I said, if I had, if he, if I knew he was coming at six hours, I don't think I would have had the epidural. Yeah, I thought well, I've, I've gone through yeah. the worst of it. So now it's just a question of. Just your mouth, out, you yeah. Know? But yeah, well, that was in the corridor because they yeah. didn't get given a room. They they were quite full, quite busy, and so they're prioritising people. And they just thought I wasn't because I was quite yeah. quiet. And so once Come you out. actually gave birth, did you go into did you go into a room or? Yeah, so I so I moved board. into a delivery suite okay. to give birth. Jump the queue. <laughs> Everyone else <laughs> screaming. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> this is the way to do it. Um, and then because. Because I, t- I kind of gave birth quite quickly, so I gave birth in about 45 minutes, so from reaching the room. So the room was kind of mine. I then got more time in the room because, you know, I could have been using it for hours. Um, and they didn't have anywhere to move me to. Um, I mis- messed up their timing a bit, so I got I got quite a nice room. I got a view of, oh, kind yeah. of out over the city. Yeah, no, it's a bit... <laughs> my again, dad I the hypnobirthing, like, I don't think it would necessarily work if someone had a 24 hour yeah because you can't sit there for 24 hours like visualizing and breathing like there's only there's only so many rivers you can yeah exactly. and I <laughs> you think can that's imagine. where I started to fall down because I did do the hypnobirthing yeah. from early on I read the books I did the meditation I did all the exercises mm. we didn't go to the classes so maybe that's why it didn't work for me I don't know but I when I went into labour, as I said, I didn't wake up my partner and I just kind of sat there doing my visualisation, thought it's good to relax, good to... And actually, I would recommend it for the early yeah. stages, especially if you've got a longer labour, like you and I did, Natasha, because it did keep me chilled. And if nothing else, in the lead-up to actually giving birth, the idea of giving birth I was quite relaxed about because yeah. I'd done all this positive visualisation and everything. But after about 12 hours, we were at home a total of 18 hours in the end. 
and after 12 we were doing acupressure points on my back and my partner had actually ended up drawing dots on my back where they were so that once I got into really really bad pain he wasn't trying to find them and stuff and by about five six the following evening he was literally using wooden spoons to dig into my back into these various acupressure points because the pain was really starting to grow and as I said we left the hospital at 9 p.m by which time nothing was helping and you mentioned the speed bumps Mary yeah I could barely move. I was sobbing in the back of the taxi because we had this 40-minute journey. Oh, so God. I think yeah. we did it in 30 minutes, actually. The taxi driver was incredible. He, bless him. He had was, you told him already? Because yeah, we told the taxi driver. We when, used Halo. Yeah. So we basically just wrote a message that said, we're in labour. But every bump, it was like the car had no suspension. Yeah. It was agony. And so I don't know whether I've been doing the deep hypnobirthing breathing too long. And that's why then... I started hyperventilating or whatever it was that caused my oxygen levels to go funny or whether or not appearing in hospital we're quite a stressful triage thing mm. in that the woman it felt like she kind of costed me <laughs> and I just lost it a bit after that but our midwife was lovely yeah she I think was it amazing was, yeah I loved our midwife as well mm. she's fantastic I can see why people call their children after their yeah. midwives I have to say really? When we couldn't decide on a on our daughter's name, I did think, oh, maybe a midwife will get it. <laughs> get a mention. Yeah. We, but it's amazing also the people who, who you've never met before play such an important yeah. role in, you know, what is such an intimate, yeah, they're um, there for personal that experience. You'll never forget those people yeah. either. Yeah. That must be an amazing feeling for them. Yeah. Each week we talk about a product that we couldn't live without. So this week we thought we would talk about products we couldn't live without for labour or your must-have product for the hours that you're in labour, whether that's a few or maybe you didn't have time for products, Mary. <laughs> I had a lot of things lined up. I think there were only one or two things I actually used. But I think actually the main thing that we got told, kept being told about foods to pack and when I was in labour, I think because it was obviously quick, but also the pain and between contractions, there's no time to eat. You're not going to like eat a meal. Like, oh yeah, I'll just have a chicken leg in between those 30 seconds. <laughs> did you? Oh, so I didn't get, get any time to squeeze anything in. By the time I yeah, thought... I didn't eat anything. So we, I thought I should eat just before I left the house. They'd given us a list of various bits and pieces and actually the one, the only thing that I thought was really good and worked was coconut water. And I've become a bit hooked ever since labour now. Why coconut water? I don't know. It's just... So they'd said something... Like, people had recommended Lucozade, but I just think it's so sweet and it's, like, mm. really synthetic taste. And I just liked coconut water. tasted really fresh and really... It's so hydrating. It's hydrating. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'd never liked it before. I always thought it was a bit disgusting tasting. And then suddenly it was just... I was so thirsty. I couldn't quench my thirst. And just drinking coconut water really really helped screw all the other treats i've packed <laughs> still got some of those left over like mini meals i was gonna have it is hard planning it because you you don't know whether you're planning for a 36 yeah. hour stint or a three hour stint do you yeah if you're there 36 hours i mean i think i had risotto at about 4 p.m and by that time it was i'd been in labor 12 hours i was hungry yeah and they'd said you know eat keep your strength up i was always told that you weren't allowed to eat anything while you were leaving because and in fact you're trying to empty you you out (laughs) such you know because when you're giving birth you're pushing and you're pushing when i sucked on the gas and air the midwife said you will be sick stick with it if you can pass through the first (laughs) initial bit of nausea with the gas and air she said it'll be worth it i was sick quite significantly twice and then the gas and air was my friend so glad I pushed through. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally hugging the gas and air. 
Yeah. I, I, yeah, the gas there didn't do anything for me. Maybe I wasn't doing it right. Yeah. Because, you know, you think you just stick the mask on there and it works, but apparently it's the way you suck you it in. You have to be quite deep breathing. Yeah, I was a bit nervous. Well, oh, I didn't get a chance to use it, but say, yeah. when I was being cleaned up, um, she said and checked she said you know that actually is in some ways more painful because you've called the officer gone and I was just sort of lying there and she said, and she said do you want some gas in there now take advantage of it but I kind of didn't yeah one day I got through it all I was just yeah. like I just can't be bothered I don't think I can breathe that deeply yeah <laughs> so my everyone had says a go. all the partners should try the gas yeah, in there. So, yeah my husband had a go I that don't was... think my partner could have got a look in at all <laughs> apparently I wouldn't let go of it <laughs> he's just like get away from my gas in air back <laughs> But how, how does it how did it work when you had so you delivered and then you had to like deliver your placenta because with a C section you know oh yeah because you know, they just so I had all I had the injection you out. I had the injection to give birth to it straight away okay. because I just thought once the baby's out I want to enjoy this moment I don't want to be waiting another hour or so yeah, to give birth to something that is just a sack of useless sack now sure I don't remember this at all. I think I must have had the injection yeah. because I'd had the diamorphine. So I said, well, I've already had the diamorphine. I might as well yeah. have the I injection. I just saw that that wasn't part of the birth. I kind of like detached that. I was like, you know, the baby's out. Nothing's well, getting into that. Originally, we'd been planning to do the whole natural the baby the attached, attached oh, right. for as long as possible because what harm is it going to do? And we weren't planning on freezing it or anything. Yeah. So we said, oh, well. But she actually let her bowels go in me. So they just kind yeah. of took control clamped the cord yeah. and off they went to check her but actually what we'd put in our birth plan was that if that was to happen we wanted it because UCL does this thing where you can send it off to yeah, the stem cell research yeah. so luckily our midwife had spotted that so she actually sent it off she actually thought to do that as she's checking our daughter they are incredible people yeah, 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 yeah. but um yeah no you're you're lucky we didn't get to do that so we actually paid to have the cord blood collected so we paid a deposit and then you can have the cord blood collected and you know if say in the next 10 years something happens to a really close family member that's a match you have the purest cord blood for them and if not you can then donate it to you know research or or to anyone who needs it and i we just thought you know what there's some you know you you're constantly reading about people who need it to help with like leukemia and other mm. you know, bone marrow issues and so we kept it but in the end um and i remember that was the one thing i said when they were wheeling me into theater i was like don't forget my cord blood package it's, it's like, the weird things you remember at yeah, that last minute it's, it's by the bed and they got it but they never collected it and i, I remember saying to my um OBGYN later I was like I reminded you like you know in the state I was in I was reminding you and she was just like um you know you're my patient and I think although I didn't really find out the details but I think I lost a lot of blood and started hemorrhaging and she had to just take care of me and Mm. she was like you're my patient you're my priority and so I was taking care of you and I didn't have the time yeah in that moment to Mm collect that that was secondary and I was just like okay well I paid a deposit <laughs> but okay thanks for saving my life <laughs> the concerns that we have yeah. Yeah. so <laughs> rational what would you say your must have for labour is then Natasha an epidural I'm sure actually I don't I don't remember having anything or using anything um, had I not had the epidural had things gone differently um, I would have um, wanted a um, like the bouncy ball the gym balls yeah 
because um, I used to, we had one at home and I used to sit on it all the time and just rotate and it helped a lot with my back and everything. So I think had I not been sort of bed bound, um, and it wasn't even bed bound, I had an epidural, I think I could walk around, but every time they gave me the epidural I'd fall asleep, so I just ended up staying in bed all day. But I think I think one of those balls really, really helps just to position, get you in the right position mm. to deliver comfortably if, if you're having a natural breath. Mine would, well, eliminating wooden spoons as a must-have, which <laughs> I honestly can't recommend these mm. pressure points enough. But um, I'm going to say another app, which is just going to make me the geeky one of the group, isn't it? <laughs> but we used Contraction Timer. It's pink with like a silhouette of a pregnant woman. And it was brilliant. Um, there's a free version and a paid for version. And if memory serves me correctly, on the free version, you can only time up to 60 contractions so but then so it's you have to have a short yeah short labor <laughs> at which point you're probably not time yeah by the end of that you go no but um it's only like 50p or something for the non-free version and um it was brilliant because it kept a running thing and it was like a graph so you could actually see that one's longer that one's shorter that one's longer that one's shorter and we could tell like there was unfortunately i had downloaded the app on my phone I would recommend you put it on your partners because I had my dad call me eight times in the time we were at home. And of course, I just kept rejecting his call. At no point did it apparently occur to him, oh, she might be in labor. She is 10 days overdue now. Maybe I should stop calling. So we're trying to desperately time on my phone and I'm trying to in- ignore his calls and then my mum texts. Which is probably then... worrying him even more. And then he's calling even more. <laughs> but it's so funny because if you look at the call log on my phone of rejected calls next to the oh, contractions yeah. in the app, you can see them suddenly get longer periods of time in between them when he's calling because I'm going, stop calling! <laughs> in my very rational state in labour I didn't take it so well that he wasn't taking the hint when I kept rejecting his calls so but yes that I would recommend that app. Unfortunately that's all we've got time for today this was a meaty topic we might have to come back to birth in the podcast sense I don't think any of us are ready to come back to birth just yet but in the meantime let us know your experience were you one of the lucky women who sneezed and your baby was born and if we have any dads listening please let us know what it's like from the other side we only really remember bits and pieces so it would be really interesting to maybe have some of you on to chat we're getting our act together now though you can find us on facebook twitter theparentcast.co.uk you can listen on soundcloud forward slash theparentcast and we are also on itunes just search the itunes store for the parentcast and we're right there thank you so much for tuning in we really appreciate all the support over since episode one and hopefully you'll tune in next week for our first expert interview on child language acquisition we are very excited to have sam green join us so we'll see you next week thanks again bye